Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Clash of the Titles, the podcast that sees two movies with something in common go head to head to see which one does it better. On this week's second Merry Clashmas holiday season countdown in the red corner, Santa is real, but just don't push him, otherwise he'll snap, especially if you call him a paedophile. It's the American <laughs> justice system versus Father Christmas in this festive holiday season courtroom drama classic from 1994. We're talking Miracle on 34th Street. You know what? I know. Tell what? A secret. What secret? Santa Claus. I've known for a long time. He's not real. Says who? My mom. They say that seeing is believing. (laughs) But the truth is, the world is held together by things you can't see. There really has to be something you want for Christmas. A house, a brother, and a dad. That's all I ever want. While in the blue corner, Santa is not real, but he is a massive drunk with a penchant for the larger lady and peeing himself. Our second movie this week sees us basking in the warm glow and touching sentimentality radiating from Billy Bob Thornton in 2003's Bad Santa. When it came to holiday spirit, the here is Santa. I'm on my lunch break, okay? Willie's never had it. It's not real. Well, it was real. I got sick and all the hair fell out. How'd you get sick? I loved a woman that wasn't clean. Mrs. Santa? No, it was her sister. Oh, no. But he's gonna get it. You're that kid. Where's your sleigh? It's in the shop. Where's the reindeer? I stable them. Where's the stable? Next to the shop. How do they sleep? Are you messing with me? So what connects these two films and which one does it better? Well, let's find out. It's our Merry Clashmas Holiday Season Countdown. Release the Kraken. Hello, Clashpotters. I'm not just a whimsical figure who wears a charming suit and affects a jolly demeanour. You know, I'm a symbol. 
I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crompton. I'm Chris Tilly. Merry Clashmas, both of you. Merry Thanks. Clashmas, Alex. Thanks. Merry Clashmas. Oh, sorry. Merry Clashmas. <laughs> Thanks very much. Are we excited about uh, the Christmas coming up? Have you yeah. got the trees up? Trees up. Uh, what else? Making a stolen. What else? Done the show. Oh, my God. Got a Sainsbury's order to be delivered on the 23rd. Boss of Christmas. Wow. That never happens. Because I'm so disorganised. Are they running out of slots? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, oh, you're okay. too late. You are far too late. Oh, really? Yeah, I had to let wait up until midnight. Go! Get it! Got it. Okay. Yeah. But if I was not buying perishables, could I possibly get one for like next week for things like chestnuts, vacuum sealed chestnuts? What this tells me is you don't do an online shopping order. I've, I've not I think got you have a... someone to do it for you. I, I don't. I'm, I'm a walker to the supermarketer. Um, <laughs> I've got a little Tesco in the village, which does nothing. So um... happy Christmas! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> got your trip, Chris? Yep. Great. Real or fake? Uh, fake, unfortunately. What? You're allergic to Christmas I'm allergic trees. To Christmas trees. I discovered two years ago. <laughs> did you not know that? I didn't know that. Yeah, he's allergic to Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> How did you find out? I got a Christmas tree two years ago with Georgina, and I just started feeling sicker and sicker every time I came home, <laughs> um, struggling to breathe when I went in the living room. And yeah, I had to get rid of it after about four days. She's gutted. She's genuinely gutted. Just another compromise she yes. has to make in her relationship with you. <laughs> Add it to the list. Uh, it's a first for me. I've never known anyone be allergic to I Christmas trees. I didn't know trees. either. <laughs> didn't even know it was a thing. Wow. Gutted. Okay. Right then. Um, the clue Chris gave last week on the show was... Yes. Well, you did you listen to the show? I wasn't on it, so no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I said I said my clue was sitting on a throne of lies. Nice. Which is obviously in reference to the quote from Elf concerning uh, two people dressed as Santa who aren't Santa. Mm. Yeah, that will explain why so many guests came in with Elf in. As if I do that. No, it's not that stupid. He's just allergic to Christmas trees. Also, haven't we done Elf? We yeah. have done Elf. We definitely have done Elf. Um, now, tell me what the second clue was that you enlisted our lovely friend Pete Donaldson for. Yes, he asked me if I was excited for our Christmas shows and I said I couldn't wait for the listeners to hear what we have in store. And then he bloody went... Oh, it's about Santa's in store. <laughs> he was excited. We'd had a couple of beers. <laughs> oh, don't. I'm getting FOMO. Right then. We're on Twitter at ClashPod. Also, Instagram at ClashPod. And the guesses sat on our lap and whispered what they were to us. Uh, a couple I really like before the winner. Uh, you can tell it's Christmas. Tim Wilkins went with Elf versus Fucknose. Jingle all the way. That's a Christmas film, isn't it? <laughs> Love it. Love it. Half-arsing it already at Christmas. Nice one, Tim Wilkins. Uh, Foob said, damn it. Three seconds. And that's because three seconds earlier, Paul Logue correctly guessed Miracle on 34th Street versus Bad Santa first. Or as I'm calling it, Bad Santa versus Mad Santa? Question mark. Okay. All right, I'm not doing that again then. Fine. <laughs> Immediate review. Uh, congrats, Paul. Your prize is a supervised visit to Chris's Grotto. Where have you set it up this year? In my pants. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd put you on the spot. I wondered where you'd go. I had the car park at Aldi in my head, but fair enough, in his pants. Jingle balls. There's a grotto in my pants and you're all invited. <laughs> all right, then, the connections section. I'll start at Santas who don't like being called paedophiles. Fair enough. Both of them. <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton does not like being called a paedophile either, and that's the entire crux of uh, Miracle on 34th Street, amazingly. Couldn't that apply to most people? Yeah, but these... Yeah, no, it's specific. Specific. I mean, drunk Santas. Yeah, Barfly Santas. Mm. Santa yeah. likes a whiskey. Yeah, sure. Endings that involve a new family being created. Mm. Anal yeah. sex. What? 
That scene uh, with Attenborough in the brothel. <laughs> no, Jesus Christ. There's, there's no anal sex in 34th Street. I was messing with you. You didn't, you didn't think why, for a second. Why did I think? Why did I? Why? Why, why for a moment would I go, wait, hang on. Wait a minute. I mean, I know, I know Dylan gets it on, but. <laughs> <laughs> Anymore? No. I've got a sad one. Oh. Actors who were gone too soon. JT Walsh. He yep. plays the prosecutor in Miracle and so Bernie good. Mac. Mm. Uh, they both died of heart attacks in their 50s. That is a sad one. I got sad watching both of them because they're such good actors. Mm. Mm. Yeah, JT Walsh in mm. is probably one of the greatest movie villains in history. Yes, we, we, so good. we will do that next year at some point because mm. we love that film. Don't yeah, we? that is a little bit of a spoiler, so apologies. Uh, <laughs> finally then, uh, Santas who are entirely absent from the final scenes of the movie. True, yeah, frustrating. Quite weird, isn't it? Mm. That they both just disappear and yeah. it's, yeah, I mean, yeah. All right, that'll do us. So, on Thursday, V will be being bad, which means today, follow me to NYC as we borrow some of Dylan McDermott's knitwear to find out why <laughs> God and Santa are more similar than you might think. Let me take you on a journey. Susan is a 64-year-old woman trapped in the body of a child. Metaphorically, although there's a pitch for you. She has had to grow up fast for some reason and has a mum called Dory who has no problem telling her Santa doesn't exist, which as we know is A, something you don't tell a six-year-old child and B, bollocks. Turns out, jokes on Dory as Santa does exist. Or is he just a sick old man with anger issues? Honestly, by the end, I still wasn't sure. Also, I don't think you should call your movie Miracle on 34th Street and not have something magical happen. Don't bait me with the sentence, make this reindeer fly, then not have a flying reindeer. I think the miracle is when a lot of people pack the streets on Christmas Eve, which feels less magical and more regular Christmas Eve in New York. The movie should be called Crowds on 34th Street. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, for your consideration, <laughs> Crowds on 34th Street. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks. Lovely. Yeah, here we go. So, individual histories with this movie, Chris. Um, I can't remember. I think I was too cool to watch this in the cinema in 94. Don't think it appealed to me at that time. You watched everything in the cinema in the 90s. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why I was watching that Christmas. But so I would have watched it on video probably the year later and thought it was good. <laughs> I, I, I watched it the same year as I watched Brighton Rock. I do remember that much. And it was amazing to me that the same actor could be yeah, fair enough. <laughs> both that character and Father Christmas. Yep. <laughs> that is range. Mm. <laughs> v? I did go to the cinema to see it. Um, so what would I have been? Like 12 or 13? Mm -hmm. So I, And I thought it was lovely. And because I wasn't, I wasn't at the age where I believed in Father Christmas, but I was close enough to remembering that feeling. So it did work its magic on me. Okay. I've seen it 0.5 times. Sure. So what now? Even now? <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, that's alarming. Halfway through, you just stop speaking. <laughs> that's why I was checking the anal sex scene. I was like, must Maybe. have been in the second half. That's when the party really started. <laughs> I um, no, it was on uh, oh, at Christmas at some point when mm. I was doing something else, but it was mm. on the TV. So I remember sort of half watching it. But this is properly the first full viewing, paying attention to this movie. Interesting. So, would you like to know a bit about this film? Yes. What have you got, Alex? <laughs> I've written down two sentences. Oh, well, you know me. I, I can make a mountain out of a molehill. So I've managed to scrape together a lot of nonsense for you. Okay. I, I will say, first off, though, I haven't seen the 1947 original. Um, I've heard it's pretty good. I haven't seen it. Have you not? No. Chris? Yes, I've seen it before and I watched it again last night. 
Okay. Uh, I'll bring it in a couple of times here to talk about the differences. Um, I did read the plot synopsis hmm. on uh, Wikipedia. Uh, that's my research, uh, rather than just watch it. And it sounded better than this film. So, uh, the original story uh, actually won an Oscar. It was based on a, a story by a guy called Valentine Davies, who got the Academy Award for Best Story, which they don't do anymore. They don't. And then it was adapted into a screenplay by George Seaton. That is the original. His script was then adapted for this film by the legend John Hughes, who has... I'd say a pretty impressive track record at Christmas. Well, festive, <laughs> well, always, festive yeah. movies in particular, though, because yeah. you've got Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, mm-hmm. which is obviously Thanksgiving, and then Home Alone and Christmas Vacation mm-hmm. and Home Alone 2. And Home Alone 3, which I've never seen, so I can't confirm if it's a Christmas movie, but from the first sentence of the plot on Wikipedia, in Hong Kong, internationally wanted criminal yes. Peter Burp is instructed by a high-ranking executive of a North Korean terrorist organization to retrieve a 10 million missile cloaking microchip. Yeah, from a kid's house. I'm guessing not. Do you know Scarlett Johansson's in it? No. Yeah, in Home Alone 3. Is it worth watching? I'm going to have to watch it because the kids are uh, petitioning me quite hard to watch it and I don't want to. Have they seen the first two? They have, yeah. Oh, fine. Okay. Yeah, they're really into Home Alone at the moment. And they've actually written a petition. Yes, they've written a petition <laughs> to me. Dear mummy. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, so, in the original, Macy's was the department store. Uh, they refused to give permission to use their name for this, so that's why we get Coles. Uh, Gimbals, Macy's famous rival in the original, no longer existed in 1994, so that's why we get the fictional Shoppers Express. Come up with a better name, John Hughes. Uh, the main change, uh, though, is uh, this sort of discussion about religion in this right. movie, apparently. Chris, you'll be able to comment on that more because mm-hmm. I haven't seen the original. Uh, beyond that, um, directed by Les Mayfield, who uh, <laughs> go on. What a, what a resume Les Mayfield has. Right, isn't it? Is it? Uh, Flubber. Are you a Flubber fan? <laughs> no, I've never seen Flubber. Really? I'm aware that it was a big thing. They dyed the river that runs through Dublin green to promote Flubber. Right. And apparently it took ages for the dye to come out, so people weren't very happy. <laughs> I mean... Another film that we probably will get to at some point is his first feature. I've not seen it. I saw it on the list. What? California Man? Yeah, I've never... Oh, the Brendan Fraser one. Yeah, I've never seen it. Have you not? No, but I have seen his follow-up movie, Blue Streak, starring Martin Lawrence, so there you go. Not as good. (laughs) Encino Man, it's called in America, California Man in the UK. You would like that film. Really? Yeah, Caveman, who wakes up in modern times and he's Brendan Fraser and he's he's friends with... um, the, the the skateboarder dude. Oh, I can't remember his name. Uh, Paulie Shaw. Paulie Shaw. Pitch <laughs> into skateboard. <laughs> That's the part of the movie. It's a Paulie Shaw joint. Yes. Oh, wow. Excellent work. Yeah, I'm a massive Brendan Fraser fan, so yeah. I can... Obviously not that big. Uh, well, clearly not. No. I think it was the mummy that did it for me, but yeah, fair enough. Um... So uh, despite, in most people's opinion, it not being as good as the original, this is a lot of people's Christmas classic. I was doing a lot of reading from people going, this is my must-watch movie every year, and I can see why. Three words, eight syllables, Richard fucking Attenborough. Mm. That is some casting. Four Uh, words, surfer Richard fucking Attenborough. Surfer? 
Surf. <laughs> surfer. He was a surfer as well. I think because you were talking about skateboarding, I'm like, yeah. oh, he was a he surfer. He taught Fraser to surf in that movie. <laughs> Why is that image so funny? Uh, it's a truly fantastic cast in this movie. Uh, genuinely, I, I, the casting in this film is off the scale. Uh, Dylan McDermott, who unfortunately, when he showed up on screen, I was expecting Dermot Mulroney, which is your fault. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my fault. It's their fault for being too similar. Uh, he made me cry. He's so beautiful in this film. Uh, we've got a post-Mrs. Doubtfire, pre-Matilda, Mara Wilson, post-Flintstones, Elizabeth Perkins. You mentioned J.T. Walsh, uh, Robert Prosky, who I first discovered in Gremlins 2, The New Batch, as Uncle Fred. He's fantastic in it. Alison Janey in the smallest role, and I'm quoting here, brazen woman shopper. Mm. So, fantastic cast. And that's a bit uh, all i got. Perfect. Yeah, why Un- not? Uncredited as well, Joss Ackland. Yeah, why is he uncredited? It's weird, isn't it? I don't know. Hmm. I went to uni. I lived in my first year at uni. I lived with his grandson. No. Yeah, a lad called Sam, who who's a lovely bloke. And I'm so happy and proud of myself that over the course of that year, I didn't once say to him, diplomatic immunity. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's so tempting whenever I think about Joss Ackland to say that. Wait, what's that from? Lethal Weapon 2. Diplomatic oh, immunity, Mr. Murtaugh. <laughs> That's admirable restraint. He's, yeah, yeah. Well, he's someone else to me, but we'll come to that. Shall we go through this lovely movie? Yes. Okay, we open with style icon Chris Kringle wearing an incredible hat, top coat, and cane accoutrement combination. I love his style in this. Sure. Mm. When I get to that age, that is how I'm going to dress. You don't need to wait. I do. Oh. Got my skinny jeans still. <laughs> still. Still. I mean, we need to have a word about that, maybe, as you approach your fifth decade. Yeah, it was really upsetting. Nettie said to me the other day, at least you've grown out of that phase. And I was like... <laughs> was she looking at you with that? <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, I haven't. She was like, oh, are they less skinny? Are they new? Oh, no. <laughs> and no messing. A kid thinks he's Santa Claus already, and Chris is like... I fucking yep. am. I am. <laughs> I totally <Chris>. am. <laughs> I totally am. You got me. But that, I do love that bit because I remember being thrilled when I was 12 at that look because you're like, oh, but you are though. And so it was just magical. Yeah, and it's nice that it's the judge who pops up later yes. in about yeah. like 50 minutes that is the guy who he meets. So. Yeah, and that little look between the pair of them. It's just a pair mm. of old pros. Mm. Yeah. It is. Mm. It is. And this film really feels like that. The whole film feels like everyone is like knows exactly what they need to give in every scene. Yeah, at like they're in the 1947 film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get this out of the way at the start. Chris Kringle thinks he's a... 1,300-year-old saint who can bend time and has invisible workshops in the North Pole. He's so terribly ill. (laughs) (laughs) So what is your take? Because I watched it and I went back through it in my head and I might have got it wrong, but apart from maybe a couple of things that are still on the fence, is he or is he not Father Christmas? because you just sap the joy out of everything. Everything! What? You're meant to not know. You're meant to be like, is he or isn't he? He could be. Sounds like him. Mm. Not sure. That's okay. the point. The whole point of the film is that they do they try so hard and it hasn't worked <laughs> on you for some reason, which is more a problem with you than the film, right. to walk that line so artfully to be like, maybe he is, maybe he isn't. Okay. In the original, a line that might be useful here is one of the characters of this story says, faith is believing in things when common sense tells you not to. Okay. So it's all about... And if you wanted like a serious answer, he isn't Father Christmas because that's impossible. 
But what? he's the embodiment of, and that's the that's more or less the same thing. Right. So he isn't. <laughs> yeah. Got you. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Because I was going to say, if he was Father Christmas, mm-hmm. surely... In the run-up to Christmas, he's he should busy, be yeah. managing his workshop I at the North Pole. I am unclear as to why he's walking around New York City. Yeah, because he's not Father Christmas. He can't be. And right. if he's Father Christmas, why is he telling parents to go to shops to get the presents that he will be bringing on Christmas Eve? <laughs> Good point. Well, because he's, he's in, he's stuck in New York, and he's like <laughs> he time management. Job. Yeah, I can't. I haven't got time to do this right now. And so. what, what about the elves? Like, surely, like, I, I, well, they're probably working. I tell you what, well, I'm then hearing, this is the problem. What I'm hearing is that you don't believe that Mrs. Christmas is capable of anything. Because he's delegated, obviously. I'll leave this to you, babe. I'm going to go to New York for a bit. Yeah, but what about Mrs. Christmas's sister? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's Thursday. Later, yeah. That's Thursday. Later. Okay, fine. Okay. I just sort of felt bad. I think I wanted to believe that he was Father Christmas, but then I couldn't work out why he wasn't at the North Pole. And the idea, this is a similar theme in a lot of Christmas movies, like Elf, Fred Claus, Santa Claus the movie, that... Santa Claus doesn't really do shit all at the North Pole. <laughs> the elves do everything yeah. and he gets all the credit. But also, he just talked... I, I thought it was clever the way that he was like, what if a minute here was a thousand years up there kind of thing? So he can bend time. So he's spending a couple of days... Or What's the difference between... What's the time between Thanksgiving and Christmas Day? A month or something? Mm. So a month in New York means he hasn't missed any time back mm. in his factory of dreams okay. because time is different there. So he's got time to do both, maybe. <laughs> Oh, also, he's not Santa. Right. There you go. <laughs> Do you want to know? I did some uh, research about actual Father Christmas because I didn't know. Father Christmas is separate to Santa Claus, is separate to St. Nicholas, which, so you know the St. Nicholas stuff. But Father Christmas was like an invocation of like good times that was used with the Puritans and who was against the Puritans? The rest of the people in Great Britain mm-hmm. at the time. And he was just this symbol of like all the fun and lavish stuff you could have pre-Puritan times as a sort of kickback against the Puritans. Mm-hmm. So they would invoke this thing of like Father Christmas brings good cheer and does whatever, whatever. And then it was only in Victorian times that he got Father Christmas in Britain, got tied to celebrating children. And then they tied it in with St. Nick, who was the patron saint of gift giving. And that's how you end up with Father Christmas to us now equals presents to children. But it wasn't always the way. And was he real? <laughs> Father Christmas wasn't real. Okay. No. Okay. Okay, that was a nice little history lesson. Thank you. That's great. So he's Santa Claus then. He's so- Santa Claus. Yeah, Father Christmas is like a British medieval thing. Did you find out where the words Santa Claus come from? They come from... Santa Claus. Yeah. From the German? I don't know. That's why I'm asking. Oh, because what? He, because he says it in because in in Dutch. It, oh, do you know what? I should know this. Doesn't you, matter. Move so, on. You know, sometimes you can say no. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I must remember. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Yeah. Do you know something? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Give me a second. Give me a second to figure it out. I'll just make something up. Yeah. Bear with. <laughs> uh, right then. So it's the not the Macy's Day Parade. It's the cold. Day parade, and the maybe real, maybe mad Santa Claus has somehow got up on the sleigh and is showing drunk fake Santa Claus Tony how to whip reindeer. Mm. I'm a bit like anything else. Just it could be, it could be anything. Show him how to arrange the presents. Show him how to coax the reindeer into their yeah. magical yeah. flight. Don't have him going. It's like fucking this. <laughs> really go for them, Tony. <laughs> I mean, it's it just horrible. Yeah, you're just like, don't do that. Yeah, it's a massive grin on his face. This is the best part about being Santa Claus. It's not the presents. It's not the children whipping that fucking reindeer. <laughs> fucking love it. So I didn't like that bit. 
so much. Uh, but Tony is too drunk to host the Not the Macy's Day Parade. <laughs> so parade organiser Dory begs Chris to take his place, which he's more than happy to do. So Chris is happy to dress as Santa in a parade, goes around telling kids that he's Santa Claus. I was always led to believe Santa keeps a low profile, which isn't really the case here. How can he keep a low profile when you always go and visit him in a shopping centre when you're a child? He's right there. Yeah, but... That's, there is, how do they describe themselves now? I tell now? the children it's, they, they work for him. I was going to ask this question later, but we might as well do it now. So, Santa's Grotto. Yes. Ever been to one? Because I was trying to remember, and apparently, I've, you, you tell me your story, I'll find a text my mum sent me when I was like, have I ever been to a Santa's Grotto? I went to one when I was little in Blackburn Shopping Centre. Yeah? Yeah, and I took the twins to one uh, a couple of years ago, and it was lovely. Okay. Yeah, they, they do suggest at one point in this film that the, the success of a department store depends on the quality of the Santa, which in my experience is not true because we went to Bromley Alders and it was shite when I was a kid, but it was near <laughs> and I got to meet Santa. I just so. remember that feeling. I remember what I asked for. I was in Blackburn Shopping Centre, the old one. People from Blackburn will know what I'm talking about. Okay. And I asked for this really specific doll that I wanted and they were, they were dolls that were meant, the big thrill was like they had your eye colour and your hair colour, but they weren't babies. They were sort of like... Like toddler dolls and I asked for this and then I remembered that that doll turned up and even though I knew that this person I was seeing was a worker for Father Christmas rather than the real Father Christmas that Christmas I was like oh my god he's real because how else would he know what colour hair and eyes I have <laughs> and I've believed that for years it is amazing that yes, feeling. Yes, I do know the feeling you're talking about. I remember going downstairs once and I got a cuddly leopard and it was lying on the floor outside the door and I'd sort of gone to the toilet in the night and I saw the leopard and I thought at that moment it was Santa's sack and he was in the living room oh. at that moment. <laughs> and it was the most, I think it was the most exciting feeling going, oh my God. It's literally Yeah, my, my, my dad and my granddad managed to fool my brother when it was, he was just getting to a stage where he was, he was starting to question it where they, they crept into his room on Christmas Eve when he was asleep and, and put up a tent in there <laughs> and he didn't wake. And so the next morning he was like, well, Santa is real because I would have woken like, if, it, if, if it had been anything else. So they, they absolutely nailed it. <laughs> How did they make sure he was asleep? Drink this before you go to bed. <laughs> it was just brandy. <laughs> uh, so I said, Mom, did I ever go to a Santa's Grotto? She said, I remember the Bond Street Centre Santa's Grotto in Leeds and the other one was possibly in Schofields. But I think even then I thought you were both too astute to know that wasn't Santa. Santa, just an old man with questionable morals <laughs> dressed up to look like him. Oh, oh. no. <laughs> Where have I get my cynicism from? <laughs> Come on. There you go. Uh, right then. So, uh, Chris, Santa Claus, Father Christmas, takes paid employment at Cole's department store. So, again, poor elves up in the North Pole. He's taken a job somewhere else. Get back here. Uh, let's meet Susan, the old woman little girl who has left a Jigsaw-style video for her mum, Dory, <laughs> to find when she gets home. It's very strange. It's really weird. It, why, why, why can't I... She knows how to write. Just a note. It's like they were excited about the technology <laughs> to use it in their film, but it wasn't that new, that yeah, technology, and it just seems... It just seems a strange reveal. It doesn't even work. Like, the timeline doesn't work because she's left a video going, I'm still yes. at Mr. Bedford's. So she's gone to Mr. Bedford's, yeah. gone, I'm probably going to stay late, come home, <laughs> recorded the video, and then gone back to his. And he's in the video. He picks her yes, up. Yes, he's, yeah. he's in the video. So they've both gone there and then gone back to his. Just leave a note. It's much more Christmassy. Yeah. And also, we've no idea how far Brian lives from Dory's apartment. So I, I mean... find the Brian and Dory thing super confusing. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I think they tried to keep it super, really chaste to be true to the 
1947 mm. original. But I didn't think, I thought, first of all, I thought he was Susan's dad and they were estranged. Yep. So the, there was a connection there that they then like Christmas would rekindle. Then I was like, oh, he's a friend. He's a, just a friend and mm. that's great. Then you thought he was the help, the way she goes, can you just take her home for me? And yeah. Like, he's well dressed and for the help. And then later on they have a kiss. And I was like, that's their first kiss, definitely. Because she's right. a bit like, oh, okay. And then he's like, should we get married? What? <laughs> what, Brian? What? Yeah, it's it, it actually took me out of the movie because I spent so long going, "What's who is he yeah, who to is you?" He? And all, like, what is the ch- what are the chances that you'd live two doors down from some hot dude who likes your kid and wants to go out with you, and you're in a position to be like, "No, thank you." What are the I chances? Can't, I can't believe she's saying no to him. No, mm. he acts like a bit of a prat later on in the film, but early on, I'm just getting lost in his eyes. I think they try and distract you every time you're like, "Who is this man?" Because he's wearing a full sweater and a blazer at the dinner table, both and beige, that's bananas. both <laughs> beige as well, beige knitwear. With double. a beige sports jacket <laughs> yeah. on top, he's double beige. He must be boiling. But that knitwear, I mean, Dylan McDermott in knitwear. You can keep Chris Evans in knives out. This is my man. <laughs> yeah, this is my man. He's a beautiful man. Uh, but you, you, you mentioned Susan. That is one difference with the um, original film. In the original film, um, Susan, same name, is played by a little girl. And here it's played by a tiny old lady. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a major, it's a major difference. <laughs> it is funny because when I was younger, even though I was into the magic of Christmas, watching Mara Wilson, you, even when you were a child, you're like, that's a good child. Do you know yeah. what I mean? As in, she's, she's really nailing this acting yes. stuff. But now being more of a grown up and having children, there's the, something off. The, the things they make her say, it's yes. just excruciating. Yeah, agreed, agreed. It's not really explained. That's the problem. It's like, why is she like this? Yeah. It's like, we. What, what? She's still got the little voice. When she says to the judge, she's like, I'm going to bed uncharacteristically early. Like, what what, do, you mean, what do you mean, why is she like this? Do you mean, I only mean the character. Yeah. You don't mean the actress. I mean the character. Okay, good. Okay, good. I wish they should have made a film with. With her and Taylor Joel Osment, and it could have just yeah. been grumpy old men. <laughs> <with that. laughs> uh, anyway, let's talk about Susan and her relationship with her mother, because Dory has told a six-year-old child Santa doesn't exist. That's mad. Yeah, uh, that's mad. And I know later on they try and come up with this this cockamamie theory where it's like truth is the most important thing. So I've told her the truth because that's the most important thing. And you're like. That feels like you've retrofitted that to a night where you got fucked up on eggnog and went, hey, yeah. come in here, Susan. Yeah, I hate my Sat life, is so I'm not real. yours. That is not real. Get my in of a drink. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, I do get it because yeah. I feel bad. I am li- I'm literally lying to them. What? I lie to them all the time, but I don't lie to them about anything else. I sugarcoat things as is appropriate, but this is a straight up cold lie. How does the horse uh, survive? <laughs> In Never Ending Story. <laughs> this is the only lie. One. Just this one. So our yeah, text, what true. happens? There's a tunnel? There's, There's a, a magical tunnel. Yeah. No, not man, just a hidden tunnel. Mm. And the, the horse is fine. I'd say that goes from sugarcoating to plain But now they're, they're at an age where they're starting to really drill into the detail. And so I'm telling more and more lies. <laughs> no. And you want them to, you know, you're supposed to be there. Their beacon, their guiding light. They have to trust you, otherwise, it's all fucking ruined. It's a weird thing, isn't it? I, well, I mean, I'm imagining it is for my mum, but like, I remember when I really like, I'd had enough, and I was like, I want to know, yeah, fact. And like, I think as she decided I was old enough because she went, all right, fine, he's not real. And yeah. I was like, <laughs> no, why did you do that? But you, you know, I, I feel like you're you've got a problem with this. Well, so I think for the purposes of this story, it's fine that you've got a cynical mum who's made her daughter cynical. 
I just think the Santa Claus thing is such a trigger. You can't tell a child Santa Claus doesn't exist at six years old. That yeah. is, it's, it's too much. You've got There's... to keep kicking it back and say, well, what do you think? What do you, how do you feel? Blah, blah, blah. But then she we haven't got busy. a movie. I find, <laughs> I know, I know it's just such a big swing. For it. So I need, I meant to ask you this as well. I often think the only reason I want a child is because it will make Christmas more magical again mm. for me. Yeah. Um, is that true? It's always magical. I've said this to you. I know you yeah, love Christmas. I love Christmas so much. It's great that they're involved, aren't the kids? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming. <laughs> yeah, it's really nice for them to be a part of my Christmas. Mm. But my Christmas would be more or less the same. I would spend less mm. because of Father Christmas not being real and all the rest of it. But I just, I get, I'm, re- I'm like a child at Christmas, and so it, it gives validation to those feelings. But I would be the same regardless. Okay, I was going to say that. Um, we should probably put a warning at the top of this show going, we are discussing the reality of Father Christmas. Yeah. I was told years ago when I was doing TV, like, uh, well, I still do TV now. I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> uh, but I meant when I was on TV ages ago, someone said... Uh, I, think, I think your agent's out there. Yeah, he's oh, shaking his head. Oh, they repeat. They repeat. Come on, mate. That doesn't count. They're not. They're not. I, I just haven't aged. Um, <laughs> I think that you absolutely... It's one of the big red flags. You can never say yeah, on I TV. Yeah, I didn't watch... I've been watching the Clash Christmas films with the kids we did not watch this one because I don't want the questions I don't want them to know anything that it's not real so mm. we didn't watch this together okay we'll pick up the Santa debate after this break a lot can happen in three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance United Healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states learn more at uh1.com Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, so we've covered the crazy Dory and uh, Dylan slash Brian uh, relationship. Let's meet the villain of the piece, sort of. It's an underdeveloped subplot. But Mr. Lambert, a.k.a. Joss Ackland, a.k.a. Donomalus who runs Shoppers Express and wants to buy coals, so wants them to fail. Or something. <laughs> Whatever. Exactly. Yeah, don't matter. It, it doesn't go anywhere and he's not yeah. in it enough. So uh, things are going well at Coles. People love Santa. Um, I will say that this movie, for me, could have been 
just a series of children sitting on Richard Attenborough's <laughs> yeah. knee and him interacting with yeah. them for two hours, and I'd have been very happy. And and right at the end, for a big twist, they could have put a child in there who's not white. <laughs> because <laughs> this is the true white Christmas it watching really this movie. Is. That whole shop. Yeah. Friggin' hell. Yeah. Come on, guys. In New York City. <laughs> in New York City, melting pot. <laughs> <laughs> so, do kids still sit on Santa's knee? Do you put your kids on a Santa's knee in a grosso? That's a good question. Uh, last time we went, I don't. Think... Last year, they no one did. No, because last of year, COVID. no one went. I think they did sit on his knee. Yeah, they did. One on each. But you do not leave. Leave the room, obviously. <laughs> Wait, did, you, did, you, did you have to be told that you couldn't leave the room? <laughs> no. There's a just, pub across the road. I'll be back in an hour. <laughs> I just wouldn't, even if they'd been like, you can go, I'd be like, I won't be going. So <laughs> There's a big debate about whether you should put uh, your child on the on a knee. I went on moms.com. Ever visited that? No, because I don't want to hate myself, but fine. <laughs> yeah, apparently it's, um, it's, I mean, it's, the fact that there's an article about this is, is crazy, but apparently it's, um, kids are taught stranger danger yeah. at a very young age, and then their parents go, here's a stranger, sit on his knee, and we'll take a photo of you. And apparently you have to basically, it, this is the bottom line of this article is, if the child is willing then you can put them on the knee. But if the child is not willing, don't. Of course. Isn't the whole point that it's not a stranger, it's Santa Claus? Mm. Yeah. Am I missing something? You're not going to force a child crying. <laughs> I don't want to sit down. <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently it can damage the trust between a parent and child if a parent puts a child, their child, on the knee of a stranger. Yeah, of course. Yeah, unless it's Santa. <laughs> <laughs> then it's awesome. <laughs> freaking hell, what are you missing? Let's meet one of these kids who pretty much steals the freaking movie Oh my God, how much do you love Daniel? Yeah. Oh, he's lovely. <laughs> he is. I, I looked him up. Mark Damiano II, uh, whose only other credit is as a young Tony Soprano in a 2001 episode of The Sopranos. Oh my God, that's wow. amazing. <laughs> that's the only other thing he's done. Uh, he's fantastic. Although I had to watch it three times to work out what he's asking Santa for. I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah. I write it down with a question mark next yeah. to it. Good. So he goes, it's his voice as well. Yeah. It's kind of both old manny and husky, but sort of chalice. Oh, on a Peter Pollywog and a patrol frog that spits and blows up. And Chris goes, wow, that's great. I'm like, what's great? What, what's, <laughs> what is great? Uh, a a pollywog is a North American word for a tadpole. What? Yes, that's what, what they call tadpoles in North America. So that's what he wants. I thought it was like a Polly Pocket. <laughs> nope. He wants a tadpole. I think some sort of, it's a Peter Pollywog, so it's basically yeah, a some thing. kind of thing. Okay. It was must have been a toy. I couldn't find it, so I don't think it was an actual toy, but they've clearly gone, yep, sure. Whatever. And But then it goes, and a patrol frog that spits and blows up. I'm like, just get into ask for a fucking fire <laughs> engine. Why am I oh, being yeah. confused by this movie? Car. Just remote control car, obviously. <sighs> So, because Chris is just a great guy, he starts sending shoppers to other stores if their prices are cheaper, which it turns out Coles loves and comes up with the slogan, if we don't have it, we'll find it for you. Not sure this business model works. No. Because they are actually sending people to other shops. It's like, we don't have it, uh, but you can go there we and get it. should do what John Lewis always do, just price match. Price match. Maybe Maybe knowingly undersold. Exactly. But how they explain it is by saying this breeds loyalty in the customer, knowing that they put in the customer before turning a profit, which obviously doesn't really make sense, but <laughs> they are putting an internal logic in there. Mm. And it, it and it's funny, though, because our hero, our Dory, has come up with this 
with a bit of help from Chris, which means she might get a bonus. And it feels like we're just we're still quite near the 80s mm-hmm. where the central plot line still has to revolve around some kind of financial reward <laughs> as well as love and yeah. Christmas. Yeah, money and a house <laughs> is going to play an important part. Uh, but the scene where Mara Wilson sits on Richard Attenborough's knee, oh, if you could bottle up like the sentiment yeah. and the magic of one scene. Yeah. That is Christmas in a movie for me. She's mm. incredible. She's so just, like, imagine directing that and she just nails it. Mm. It's it's amazing. We don't have a dad anymore. Oh. Is he dead or has he just... No, they find, we find out later that he was an alcoholic and oh, she married it. in and college he, off, and he pisses it. off never yeah. to return. Yeah, I don't have a dad anymore, mostly. <laughs> 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 I've got one child impression and it yeah. is Newt from Alien. It's really good. I mostly don't have a dad anymore. <laughs> mostly. <laughs> <laughs> and then Dory turns up and in classic Dory style goes, clear off, Susan, there's a long line of customers and they do come first. Are you going to buy anything? I'm your daughter, mostly. <laughs> Cow. Uh, then we get James Ramar and Daphne from Frasier, and they're trying to destroy Chris on behalf of Denomalous. After <laughs> after Chris tells them the Easter Bunny plays golf, they realise they can make him look mad. So we then get a moment that makes me cry. We sort of flip back and forth between Chris with kids. Mm. Holy shit. I literally, I was like, I'm fine with this movie. I'm not that into it. I'm enjoying it, but I'm not going to call. When her mum brings her over and she goes, you don't have to talk to her. She's deaf. She just wanted to see you. (laughs) And then he starts signing at her. Yeah. And I was like, they took it to the next level because in the 47 version, she's Dutch. In this version, she's deaf. Wow. I mean, it is exploitative. It's basically saying in this world, no one makes any effort with deaf children. So if, if you do anything, brilliant. But mm, fucking hell, it does work. Is that like, exploitative though? I think it, maybe it's quite an important yeah. moment because, yeah. I, I don't know why mum just seems to expect so little from the world because everyone just doesn't bother <laughs> with their kids. Uh, it's that, and it's that phrase. It's that turn of phrase that got me going. You don't have to talk to her. She just wanted to see you. And yeah. you're like, ha. And you don't know if this is true or not, but the suggestion is that she, the, the girl didn't know that he was going to sign to her. Yeah. And so... What, I, I, it, I, that's what I took from it. No, you mean in reality. Yeah, the actress. Oh, sorry. The, the young the young girl who was deaf in oh, real no life way. didn't know. And so the look on her face is real. Oh, that's which, amazing. I'm going to cry. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so we get a few key points in a row here. Ed Dory did believe in Santa when she was Susan's age. It was only after bad stuff happened she stopped, which makes her decision to tell Susan Santa doesn't exist even more questionable. Mm-hmm. Really not happy with Dory. Uh, she tells Susan to do a test. This is a good test, to ask Santa for something and don't tell me what it is and then you know if you get it, he's real. But she'd already told her. They had dinner and she's like, I need a brother and I need a something and I need oh, whatever. She. she sort of said it when they were having dinner when Dylan McDermott was in his jumper and blazer. Yeah. So she could have guessed. I literally couldn't hear any dialogue. I was just looking at that beige, gorgeous mass, <laughs> which isn't a phrase anyone's ever said before. That gorgeous beige mass. It's like a big mushroom. <laughs> so beautiful. Uh, James Ramar hires fake drunk Tony Santa to set Chris up for a fall. Uh, but before that is enacted, we get the big speech. I'm not just a whimsical figure who wears a charming suit and affects a jolly demeanour. All of that, which is great and lovely. Mm. Although it does end with him saying to Dory, if you can't believe, if you can't mm. accept anything on faith, 
then you're doomed yeah. to a life dominated <laughs> by doubt. I'd be like, first of all, I'm your boss, so think carefully before you speak to me like that. <laughs> and it's at that point in the 47 version that he gets committed. Oh, really? Yeah, he goes, goes to some dark places. That's hilarious, because in this version, he says that and they hire him as a babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> like, Brian goes, because she's like, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to believe in you, and that's a bit mad what you've just said. And Brian goes, I've used him as a babysitter. And she's like, fine, let's go out and get Christmas <laughs> trashed. Yeah. <laughs> So we get a montage, which is obviously you need that in a movie like this. New York at Christmas, the Rockefeller tree. I was there. Just came up as one of my memories on Instagram in oh, that's 2019. Nice. That's lovely. Yeah. Were you there for Christmas Day? No. No, it was the 5th of December. I was there to interview Daniel Craig at the end of 2019 for No Time to Die, which was due out four months later. Oh, yeah. I didn't know you remember. We had to, I think we had to move a podcast for it. We did, yeah. Mm. The, the never-ending No Time to Die podcast a, moving things. There was a lot going on in the world then, but you focused on that, you know. <laughs> COVID was just kicking off, but Alex moved a podcast. Not officially it wasn't, though. Not in December 2019. Nah. Well, exactly. No. That's how I was in New York. Uh, so, like you said, Dory and Brian kiss. I honestly thought it was their first kiss. He'd ground her down, mm. he'd give her a glass of wine, whatever, moved in for the kiss. Mm. So when that ring box came out, I was as surprised as she was. Mm. It's weird, isn't it, in movies like this? Uh, normally, uh, the kid, like Susan here, uh, would ask for something selfless from Santa Claus. She'd yes. go, oh, I just, you know, I'd like mommy to be happy mm -hmm. or I'd like no one to go hungry. She fucking asks for a dad, a brother and a house. Yeah. And look at where she lives. Thank you. She's got a parkside apartment. It's, it's amazing. Amazing. Why do you need a house? Well, it's, well, it's, we'll come What's back to it. What's wrong with where you live? I have a real problem with this house situation. Yeah. We'll do it at the end. Also, what you really say? She's like, I want a brother. I want a brother. What if her mum's like, well, I'm pregnant, but I can't guarantee a, a boy. Kill it. <laughs> yeah. well, Where then, are we? Then get Vicky in. She'll guarantee a boy. <laughs> That's right. Two for one. Can't stop churning them out. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me. Honestly. I really wanted a girl. But... Did Mark want a girl? I really feel bad. Like <laughs> I, 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 an old friend of mine has uh, three boys, and they tried for the third one because he really wanted a girl, and it came out a boy. Mm. And I think secretly he was a bit piff. No, I mean neither of us expressed a preference. I think he quite likes having his like boy army now. Um, but we weren't. That's us lads. <laughs> yeah, basically <laughs> in a very diluted way. Yeah, I'm, you can't imagine that. <laughs> it doesn't. It just doesn't compute, Mark. No. Lads, lads, lads. Say man. Up, boys. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about him proposing. Um, uh, his character, Brian, has done a real disservice by the script here um, because he's been really nice, as you said earlier. He's so good at the start. And then the script has him say, I've done everything I could to make you happy. I've loved you without getting anything back. I've never asked for anything in return. Mm. Mm. Apart from this. Excellent. <laughs> Marry me. Spoilt, yeah. entitled brat <laughs> yeah. having a friggin' tantrum. But it's also like he's had a plan all along. It's like, I actually did all that for this moment yeah. and mm. you're not playing ball? It, the script is a bit patchy because it is, it's a bad thing for him. He's like, I've been nice to you, so let's get married. Mm. But also in about 10 minutes, he's like, yeah, I'll get over it. So it's like, well, did you want it or not? Yeah, she shouldn't call him a fool. I think no, that, sure, you know, no. sure. It's just, it doesn't work. It doesn't no. work. And he, they all have too much money because now he's giving the engagement ring to Chris Kringle. Yeah, which, These people have too much money. They yeah. missed a trick there by Chris going, I'm sorry, I'm not your type. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been nice. 
Because <laughs> uh, around then, that's, it's a little bit of a weird moment where Chris and Brian sit on a bench and plot how to Odd. make Dory go and marry Brian and how to convince them that Chris is actually Santa Claus. Yeah, but also, because then Brian says, he's like, well, what is the problem with this bitch? And Father Christmas <laughs> says that. Why doesn't she want to fucking marry you? And well, Brian's well, he, like, he, he goes, says, well, I've pieced it together like about her background over like a dozen conversations. It's like, so in the time you've known her, you've had 12 serious chats <laughs> and now you want to get married. That's mad. Chris goes, she seems like a sad sort of person. Yeah, right. <laughs> they really, they really go for Dory. Yeah, they do. Um, but yeah, it's, it's unclear whether Brian actually thinks he is the real Father Christmas as well. He seems to really be like, yeah. this guy is Father Christmas. At this point, it makes him seem a bit demented. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, like, we covered already why Dory is Dory because of uh, her marriage breaking down. Uh, but Chris, he's in trouble. James Ramar and Daphne from Fraser's plan happens, and Tony <laughs> goads Santa into hitting him with a cane by calling him a pedo. I mean, he does go for him, to mm-hmm. be fair. So he, he turns sh- into Colin Firth in Kingsman <laughs> with his umbrella. I mean, he does try. I mean, I know that Tony's faking the extent of his injuries, but Chris Kringle pulls his arm back to whack him mm. and does hit him, doesn't he? Does connect. It's an interesting one because I couldn't be bothered to do it, but I yeah. should have done it because it's really unclear. I'm not sure if he actually makes contact. Right. And I think that's how you get around the idea of it not really being Ooh. assault. It's murky though, isn't it? Because the intent was there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. He's not only delusional now, he's also unpredictable and potentially violent. So yeah. lock him up. The law is doing the right thing now by holding him accountable, I believe. <laughs> yep, they lock him up in a hospital, but it's Brian to the rescue, because uh, if Dylan McDermott wasn't already as hot as you like, he's now going to lawyer the shit out of this movie. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Slipped off my chair. <laughs> so JT Walsh turns up to replace Denomalous as the main villain and pretty much bribes Judge Harper. Yes, who which, seems kind of fine with it. It's... Uh, it's a problem because Judge Harper is meant to be a really great guy in yeah. this. And the rest of the time he's on screen, he is. He's like, I don't want to say he's not Santa Claus, but I'm going to have to. But I wish there was a way I could. He seems like a really warm and Robert Prosky is like a really warm actor. But your first real scene with him, he takes a backhander to yeah. sign a form. Mm-hmm. Not a great, not no. a great moment no. for the justice system. Brian convinces Chris to fight the case, saying uh, hitting Tony was him standing up for the dignity of every child, mm. which is another way of saying vigilantism is fine. Yeah, yes. it's actually great. It's a tenuous argument. You think yeah. you you think someone's you know he de- calling Father Christmas he, pedo? You can hit him. Yes, he, he desperately needs help. <laughs> He's so sick. <laughs> but New Yorkers rally round Santa. Construction workers rally round Santa. Iron workers, seven up, all rally round Santa. <laughs> sorry. Oh. I'm sorry. Right, we got to close a few streets. Ka-ching! <laughs> and now the movie becomes a courtroom drama. And you know, I love a courtroom drama. It gets very good round here. Uh, <laughs> Daniel and the patrol frog that spits and blows up is back. Uh, JT Walsh hires a colonel to see if there were any dwellings or workshops at the North Pole. No, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Man. People do live there. It's so rude. I didn't see anything. (laughs) (laughs) No white people. That's what you meant, isn't it? <laughs> uh, uh, JT Walsh goes, make this reindeer fly. Uh, as I said, 
I needed the last shot of this movie to be a fucking reindeer flying. And the fact that you set it up by going, make this reindeer fly, and then it's like, I can't do that. It's like, I, I really, I think I thought he was Father Christmas. Yes, he's, he's not. No, I know. I get that now. Oh, he might be. Dylan gives a good closing argument, though. I disagree. Oh, really? It's not how the law works. He's like, isn't it better to lie and draw a smile? It's like, that's not the law. The law, you follow the letter of the law. So no, it's not better to lie to draw a smile. What is better? What is a that? lie that draws a smile yeah. or a truth that draws a Yeah, it doesn't tear. matter what's better, Brian. It matters what is legal. But what's better, Your Honour? I can't believe he got as far For in me. his career as he did. I'm going, yeah, I understand what's happened, but what's better? Yeah, Dory at one point goes, he's got the best lawyer in New yeah. York. For, 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 for insurance fraud, but not this. Uh, so the judge is going to say he's not Santa, despite wanting the opposite, because he says as a representative of the state of NY and New York, he can't find a way to vote in Chris's favour. And Brian's all like, money has corrupted you. And the judge is like, he doesn't need a bitter epilogue from his attorney. Yeah. He needs a miracle. And money will provide that miracle. <laughs> Good job he's got a wallet clip, isn't it, rather than a, a nice purse? Otherwise, he'd never have made that connection. Yep, yep. Well, that's because he's, he's a fantastically beautiful man. And beautiful men who <laughs> wear a lot of I don't beige like have wallet clips, clips normally because it's like, oh, yuck. But on him, I was like, absolutely. He pulls it off. No one, if you saw me or Chris in that knitwear, you'd be like, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nope. What are you doing? <laughs> Put the skinny jeans back on, all's forgiven. Uh, so Dylan comes up with a plan. So wait, sorry, what is the miracle here? The miracle is what? That Dylan comes up with an idea or that the crowds gather on the street? I actually don't know. Because right. I think the crowds gathering on the street is unearned. Like people stop on bridges mm. and that's crazy. But that's irrelevant. The people stopping on the bridge doesn't get him off. It's the money. Right. Yeah. So that's the miracle it's money. making the connection. Money is a miracle. No, yes. it's, the, it's the fact that he's managed to put it together, which it shouldn't be that big a leap, but he has managed it. Because he's a shit lawyer. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so the I think it works, the idea of the collective faith, and it's it's handy that they've got In God We Trust on their money. Mm. Um, but that's the miracle, but it's yeah. a bit of a shit miracle. Thank that you. must have been a good day in the writer's room yeah. when they clocked that. I'm like, Someone got out their wallet clip. They're like, oh, yo, I can't believe you used that thing. That's disgusting. But wait. <laughs> wait a minute. And so the idea Wallet is that... clips for everyone. <laughs> so the idea is that the federal government has put its faith in the existence of something without demanding physical evidence. And if it's good enough for the government, then it's good enough for the state of New York to do the same thanks to the collective faith of its people. Okay. I'm just really impressed that a movie, a mainstream Christmas movie, happily compares Santa Claus to God in America. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that's quite an interesting move because, you know, studios are always so like, yeah, I agree do not you. want to upset the Christian cinema goers. Yeah. So the idea of going, we well, do it with God so we can yeah. do it with Father Christmas. Yeah. And, and it's also a, a very, not very, but it's a pretty complex argument to have as the climax for your kids' film. Yes. It is. I won't lie. I had to it watch it twice. I, no, I got it in the yeah, end. I had to write it out. I had to write it out so I was clear. Mm. Um, but it's a lovely moment where Mara walks up 
to little Susan walks up to the judge. You did the line earlier, but apparently she, she's got a really interesting expression on her face. And that's because uh, Robert Prosky, who plays uh, the judge, Judge Harper, um, to make her sort of smirk in that scene, he did all his lines in a Donald Duck voice. <laughs> so that's why she said years later, as she was like, that's why you've got, I've got that really sort of weird smirk on my face because he was delivering it as Donald Duck. That's really cute. So uh, we're done. Chris disappears uh, to leave some notes for people and make inquiries about real estate. Uh, but he's gone from the movie. Um, we do get uh, this sort of... I think my problem with this is I love... Uh, uh, you know when we were talking about Legally Blonde? Yes. And I think it should have ended where she walks out of the doors of the courtroom. Mm. I'm really into the high of like the victory of a case and yeah, that celebration. And yeah. I'm just like, end it. Yeah. End it. And I know you sort of need some closure for some of the questions, but there are other ways to do it. Yeah. Like, you could have hinted at them all in that scene where, I don't know, the two of them are getting together yeah. in the scene and some, some, they've got a voucher for the house. Whatever it is, you could, have wrapped, you could have wrapped it all up mm. as part of that sequence. Yeah. And I really wish it had because we've got this sort of quite odd wedding scene where they both turn up because Chris left them notes and then they're like, It's a sad wedding. It. I don't like it. And what? also, where the fuck is Susan? Meet me after midnight. I can't. I've got a child in the house, <laughs> well, so I actually can't. Also, why is a church empty for midnight mass? For midnight mass, is, I yeah. thought that's like Christianity Super Bowl. Yeah, it's like last of <laughs> <laughs> Drop a couple of pills. Midnight mass is fucking awesome. Yeah, how's he got time? He's like, I can squeeze in a wedding. No, it's after midnight mass, because okay. you see the church emptying out. That's fine. It's not that. It's just, it's. I don't mind the ring bouncing off the Christmas tree. It's the house bit I don't love. And if you thought that bit in the courtroom with the explanation of In God We Trust was too complex for a kid mo- a kid's movie. What the hell is going on here? So they're going to the house for a photo shoot. On Christmas Day. Because mm. it's Christmas Day. It's Christmas Day. For, for next year. For next year. <laughs> for so she's year. working on Christmas Day, which is unusual. I, which could be a cunning ruse, I guess, but then they get there and I guess the the photo shoot thing is to explain why the house is laid out with a Christmas dinner and a Christmas tree. It's all dressed, yeah. So that's already complex, but that's why the house is done up like that. Yeah. But then their names are on the mailbox. And yes. you're like, oh my God, Chris has bought them a house. Yes. Because her mate gives her the key and goes, there's the key. But then goes, also the house is for sale. So you're like, oh, so they haven't been given a house. They're going to buy it now. But they can buy it because they got a big bonus because Chris was such a hit in the shop. Yeah. I'm like, this is too much. It's ridiculous. And also, I'm all for collapsing characters, but why is Dory's store colleague moonlighting as an estate agent <laughs> on Christmas Day? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's from the original as well. You don't have to copy everything. You can change some things change if, if it doesn't stuff. Yeah. actually feel right. Again, uh, I just think the house is unnecessary. Um, I think, you know, I think she should have two wishes, which would make it less materialistic as well if she just went, I just want a daddy and a brother. And you're like, oh, that's sweet. And a fucking housemate. Get me a house (laughs) in the suburbs. Is it in the 40s version? Because it's a very 40s thing to have happened where... She's like, I want a brother. And then her mum like touches her stomach like, oh, we had sex last night, so maybe I'm already pregnant, which is a very 40s yeah, thing to be doing. It's not quite as as obvious as this, but it did this scene did make me think of another film we've recently done because it feels like the daughter and the dad and Santa have all conspired to put this baby in her stomach. And yeah. it felt very Rosemary's baby. <laughs> yeah. It is I funny. It's funny though when Brian leans in. Uh, because he says to her, she's got her two wishes, and Brian leans into her and goes, 
if Chris said he'd get you something, then I bet it's already on its way. Mm. Which is like him basically going, I, I totally had sex with yeah. your mum last night. <laughs> my, my, my sperm in there. <laughs> That's what it is. Like the, yeah. It's a joke for us, the audience yeah. going, going, uh, boinked her. Spunked in that. <laughs> it's, dis- it's vile. And also, even if she doesn't get it, she's like, I'm going upstairs now. She's basically, so you two are better... Be at it <laughs> under that tree or I'm going to be mad. Uh, and that's pretty much it. That is the end of Miracle on 34th Street. Any more for any more? No. no. Great stuff. Let's do the bits. Uh, best scene, Chris. Um, I like the bit. You didn't say a bit, so I'm going to say that rather than one I've got down here. I like the bit where they put JT Walsh's wife on the stand and she has to admit that he sort of lied to their children about the existence of Santa Claus. Mm. I think that's a really clever little moment. I think they could have done more with that. Yeah. So maybe it isn't a very good scene. I like it when he talks to the deaf girl. Vicky? Yeah, when he talks to the girl who's deaf. Yes, <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's fine as well. What's wrong with us? I, I mean, no, it's lovely. I think it's, I think it's good we yeah. had a genuine emotion. Like, yeah. we reacted. I did. I cried. Especially if it's, if it was that real moment. Oh, it's my a God, really if that's true, thing. that is yeah, the best thing I've ever thing. heard. Yeah. Really beautiful moment. Yeah. Uh, MVW, Vicky. So, um, do American writers think that, you know, um, Dory's colleague... Do they think chin chin means goodbye? Because, <laughs> <laughs> because if they are aware of what it really means, he's my MVW because everything he's like, have a drink. Because he's basically like, so I'm off now. Chin chin. Brilliant. Going to get a drink. So he's not my real one though. Uh, Richard Attenborough. Just for probably being Santa Claus. Um, I still think he'd, 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 it's meant to be is he or isn't he and it's up to you I don't think sure. the film is saying he's no not. I think you're right and that's right. down to him although I do think the film goes to a lot of trouble to be like everyone believes that this is Father Christmas look New York the whole of New York believes it and it seems to be predicated mostly on he's got a real beard like you, there's not much else he doesn't do anything magic <laughs> apart does that from, mean I'm Santa <laughs> we can do <laughs> it is it feels like everyone's drunk the Kool-Aid yeah it's like, definitely why is everyone doing this yeah. it's not even you know, it's Christmas Eve Eve as well. Yeah. No one is that has that much time on Christmas Eve. Can you imagine? It's New York as well. I mean, it's been cleaned up by Giuliani by that point, but people just pulling over their cars on a bridge. There's gonna be fights. <laughs> Gunfights. Chris. Uh I was I thought I was gonna go Mara Wilson, but by the end she was doing my head in, maybe because of some of the things she's made to say. So I'm going Dickie as well. I think he's up there with Edmund Gwynn and David Huddleston as the greatest on-screen Santas. Um, he's fantastic in this. Mm. I was going to go for him. I swapped and changed. Like, I think there's so many great performances in this movie. Like, I, I wrote MVW down next to Mara Wilson at one point, Dylan McDermott at one point, Robert Prosky at one point, uh, Richard Amber, of course, at one point. But in the end, I'm going for oh, and a patrol frog that spits and blows up. <laughs> Daniel, Mark Damiano II. Tony Soprano Jr. Yeah. <laughs> um, finally, what would you change, Chris? I think the ending should be um, uh, asking the judge and the prosecution if the Postal Service does a good job. I think they should then agree. And then because the posties believe that he's Santa Claus, they should deliver 50,000 letters they have to him in the court. And as they're a federal branch, that means that the government is saying he's Santa. I think that's a much bigger and more satisfying moment uh, with all the postmen carrying bags of letters in to frustrate the judge and the prosecution and everyone. So, yeah, I think they should have stuck to the ending of the original. 
Oh, he's up from the original. I was, I was about like, to give you a little clap. Oh my That's God. incredible. Uh, and then they Did don't you see that look of mine. I was I like, oh, That's I so good. I should have kept them. Um, and then they don't have to compare him to God. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's just a much more, you know, well, as I said, I watched, the, I watched the, old, the original last night and it's just a much more satisfying moment watching all these postmen bring in bags and bags of letters and the whole courtroom go crazy yeah. than a bloke holding up a, a, a $10 bill. Mm. A $1 bill. A $1 bill. Mm. I mean, that doesn't matter, but... Well, it's even less impressive. <laughs> <laughs> Victoria. Well, it's interesting that you should say that because I haven't seen the original. My one change would be the case is cracked with a star witness, not the money, because it's a courtroom drama at the end. And what the way I thought you'd do it, but it's shit compared to the original, is you make the judge, he's a bit of a harder sell, he's not such a nice guy. Because all you want in a courtroom drama is I call to the stand and was like, oh my God. And then they crack the case right there and then. And so it would be his grandson. Yes. So he brings his grandson in. And as the star witness, it's like if your grandson believes it, who are you to say it's bullshit or whatever? End film. Because mm, so as I say, they were doing that with the with with the prosecutor's mm. wife. They did that. I just didn't think they'd made a big enough deal of it because yeah. that's a really good moment. Alex. It is. Yeah, uh, I would like um, as it looks like it's going against Chris Kringle as being really Father Christmas. He sort of starts to become like weaker and weaker like Pennywise at the end of chapter two <laughs> like a sort of fleshy fetus thing like no no, no believe in me and then the crowds in New York which seems to be a much bigger <laughs> scale miracle thing than some money I know like, what you're going to say Ghostbusters 2 they should all start singing yeah. also he... Elf I've just realised Elf and Ghostbusters 2 <laughs> yeah. end the same way yeah they do mm. yeah where they like they bring him back you can hear the singing of the, of the crowds yeah. out in the street like and suddenly he's like I'm coming back and also you get another like Jesus God reference reincarnation from. Mm-hmm. so that's what would you have I'd... them singing uh, Band Aid <laughs> um, Boom Chakalaka by Apache Indian mm. fair enough mm. <laughs> put me on the spot but it just popped in <laughs> Big fan of that song. <laughs> Boom shakalaka. Did that, that come out in 94? You might have the right year as well. You might, it yeah. might have been in the charts. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you already know that is the ending you want. I was listening to that song like last week. I fucking love that song. <laughs> uh, and also put a fucking flying reindeer in it. The end. Let's do a quiz. Chris? Okay, uh, Vicky has a head start on this one because uh, what? last week when I was talking about the Yule Lads and you said you hadn't read up on them and I said oh, you yeah. should and you said yeah, I said no, you really should. Oh shit, Chris. <laughs> I told you to read up on the Yule Lads, did you not? No. I'm lucky. Oh no. <laughs> what are the Yule Lads? Bugger. So, Every the Yule time he says it, I think they're YouTubers but they're not. Are they? <laughs> it's is a funny it, lad. Is it, is it you and a group of mates? No, the Yule Lads, uh, which is their real name apparently, are part of Icelandic Christmas folklore dating back to the 17th century oh. and there's a character in Krampus called Meat Hook who's one of the Yule Lads. So they're a group of 13 mischievous pranksters who arrive over the course of the last 13 nights before Christmas and they steal stuff and do sort of naughty things. I'm so sorry uh, I missed Krampus but I really love that movie. I hear it won though. So that's it did. Good. Yeah. So Meat Hook is one of them but there are 12 more. So for the quiz I'm going to name eight Yule Lads but only four are real meaning okay. I've made up four. Okay. So tell me if the following are real Yule Lads or fake Yule Lads. Okay. We'll start with the first one. Spoon Licker. Real. Real. He's real. Yes. Uh, spoon licker. What does he uh, do? Steals and licks wooden spoons. Well, Makes sense. Yeah. 
<laughs> Tree cutter. Real. False. He's false. I made him up. Uh, pudding pincher. <laughs> false. True. Uh, he. That is false. I made that up. <laughs> well played, Vicky. Uh, door slammer. True. True. Correct. Door slammer is real. He likes to slam doors, especially during the night to wake people up. Bastard. Annoying. Uh, sausage swiper. <laughs> Fake. True. Uh, that is true. He hides in the rafters and snatches sausages that are being smoked. Sausages uh, that are being... Oh. <laughs> you should lose a point for that. Hey, hey, Christmas is always fun Whatever. in my house. <laughs> Smoke my sausage. Do you uh, mean... Leg puller. True. False. Uh, I made that up. Oh. There's no such thing as leg puller. Uh, window peeper. True. I think true as well, yeah. True. That is a snoop who looks through windows in search of things to steal. Right, see people are smoking little sausages. <laughs> and finally, ear basher. Uh, false. True. False. Uh, Alex, you have won the quiz. Oh, my God. I know my Icelandic folklore. <laughs> and we're getting very near to the end of the year. Are you oh. going to bring in the trophy? Oh my god! You must keep it at home. <laughs> what is the point? Do Why you... bring it here to taunt me? <laughs> Done. I might let you look at it, see what you've lost again. <laughs> How close are we? Is... Oh God's sake! We're nowhere near. Stop it! <laughs> I I'm not going to say, and that's not because it's I lost track of the scores in March and haven't been paying attention. <gasps> is that true? No, I'm saying it's not because look, of I'm that. Oh my god! It's yeah. not, it's because of that, I could still do it. Yeah. it could be all Double comes down. Quits. Double quits. <laughs> oh, actually, that might be an interesting idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you're going to need some help. <laughs> right then, that is us done for this episode. And uh, next week, though, it is Victoria's Choices as we continue our Merry Clashmas holiday seasons festive specials. Uh, I think I just keep adding words to that. Victoria, what's the clue? Um, there's no place like an empty nest. Just ask the pigeons. <laughs> It's good, though. It's all right, isn't it's it? Right, yeah. I was worried about it, but it's actually all right. All right, one more time. <clears throat> There's no place like an empty nest. Just ask the pigeons. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> it's good. All right, then, that is your clue for next week's films as we continue our countdown. Uh, before then, though, we are back on Thursday talking Bad Santa. Please, in the meantime, subscribe, rate, and indeed review us if you've got the time. It's a great help. And check in with us on Twitter and Instagram at ClashPod. Speak to you Thursday. Bye-bye. This was a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.